Welcome back to the Box to Box podcast. You're with me, your host for the day, Sopani Mchawe. Alongside me this evening are the usual two, Ramzan Komoto and Nicholas Katopola. Yeah. Let's start off with a quick recap over what's happened this weekend. We saw we saw the FA Cup semifinals played in which we had Chelsea versus City in the first fixture, uh, which I found as a defining game personally. I thought whoever won this game, in this case it was Chelsea, are going to go on to win the FA Cup. And what did you guys think? I, I really thought that was what it was going to come down to. Yeah, Nick, go for it, bro. Um, honestly, uh, yeah, honestly, I think I, I agree with that. One of those teams, I think, yeah, Chelsea will probably go on to win the FA Cup. Uh, I think Leicester have actually won their semi-final, by the way, uh, 1-0 against Southampton. But then they're also a very good... Expected. Yeah, yeah, expected. Also a very good form team, Leicester. So they'll, they'll, they'll like their chances. Although it's Chelsea, I think Leicester will feel like they could beat them. But then, honestly, I think Chelsea all the way, they'll win it. I'd love to see Brendan Rodgers win a trophy. I really would. Yeah. I really would. But I think Thomas, continue. Say, have your say, Ramzan. Yeah, no, I, I agree. With, I agree with what you guys are saying. Um, I, I just wanted to comment on how how tired, how tired Man City looked yesterday. I know De Bruyne got injured, but like it was kind of like a testament to just how tired everyone looked. Ferran Torres wasn't in it, you know. Fernandinho back in the pitch. Even just everyone just looked really Sterling tired. Didn't even and, play. Yeah, Sterling, Sterling didn't, didn't even play, and he was tired. Yeah, Sterling, <laughs> Sterling, Sterling, <laughs> he was tired. Sterling, Sterling played like. Like, you know, when someone bad at first level has had a bad game, Sterling played like that. He played like that. It was so, yeah. it, was, it was it was one of those days for him. And I mean, it's been but like that's that. That's the story of the season. Story of the season. That's yeah. the story of the season. Mm. Yeah. Along yeah. with Sadio Mane and Travis Scott. Obama and the ball. <laughs> <laughs> nah, they, they, all, they, they all had, had haulers of the season. Yeah, no, they all look tired. And I think uh, Nicholas was saying last week that getting a quadruple is ridiculous. And I, I agree with him. I think four tournaments is just really, it's a lot. It's a lot of football. And yeah, anyway, it's a good run for them. Let's see, how, let's see, what, let's see what happens uh, for the rest of the competitions. But I miss Lampard, bro. Chelsea are here hitting FA Cup finals and Champions League semifinals. Bring back Lampard, bro. <laughs> uh, they, wouldn't have gotten, they wouldn't have gotten this far. No, no, for sure. Surely. I think the City game, just the City game, they would have lost it and with Lampard. They would have lost it. Yeah. They weren't as aggressive. But anyways, okay, moving on. I think the highlight of the weekend was the Copa Dore, which Barcelona lifted for the... How many... I don't know how many times they won it. 31. I think it's 30 times, huh? 30 31. times? 31. 31 times. 31st, yeah. 31st, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, good to see the is not washed up. And he's still growing, <laughs> he's still kicking. It's, it's great to see. People really think he's done, but he's still the top goal scorer. Uh, I think uh, what I saw was that quite a few players were taking pictures with him um, after they won the trophy. A lot of them were like, you know, like if they were, like if his teammates are fans of him. I don't know whether we can unpack what <laughs> that means that they think he's going to leave, or. I don't know how to unpack that, but then it's great to see that you know he still he still has it when uh you know when 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 finals do come by then you can rely on him to actually give us a special performance. Yo, you guys, that's so that's so that's so low goal, guys. Oof. 
come on. He ran like 70 yards. He ran like the whole pitch. I know he had like a little one-two with someone. With someone, with, some, with someone in the box. But yo, come on, man. That's, I mean, quality, quality, quality just never dies. Quality never dies. Respect to the guy, man. Yeah, 34 in the summer. 34 in the summer. <laughs> but yeah, he can still do that. So interesting. As in, It just shows that if you stay fit, if you uh, continue loving the game, then you won't end up like Gareth Bale. No, he's not slowing down. He's not showing any sign of slowing down. That's great to see. And and Coleman also answering the critics because I didn't. I, I don't think people expected much from him, and I didn't. I actually expected him to be sacked by maybe mid season, but he's he's still <laughs> they're still in the title race. With Copa del Rey. No, I didn't expect much from him, honestly. Personally, Dude, I didn't think he would he'd reach the heights. He managed Everton. He managed Southampton. <laughs> you know, when you hear those teams, yeah. you always feel yeah. like as if yeah. you, he can't win a trophy. No, but he's a he's a because club legend as well. The biggest thing. He's a club yeah, legend okay. as well, isn't yeah. he? So he should be part of the club yeah. legend discussion whenever we have that. The club legends being coaches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> being coaches. I think, yeah, for sure. People overlook that. Because maybe because that was way before we watched football. Yeah, of course. Maybe that's why we, we always overlook it. Yeah. He is also a legend. He's part of this uh, regime of, of employing former players. That's as far as Barcelona go. <laughs> Moving on to the next segment, I believe Ramzan has something in store for us. Yeah, yo, this one is this one is like an exciting one for me. I know last last week I was very excited and I talked about PSG for like ten minutes straight. Uh, today I've been told <laughs> I have been told that I cannot do a monologue, uh, but still I do I I, I do have Let's some go. explaining to do. I do have some <laughs> explaining to do um, um, in terms Dude. of my picks for player of the season. All right, so that's 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 our week's topic. Uh, we're doing player of the season this week. And it's the most interesting conversation, somewhat, right? Maybe along with who we think is going to win the league at the beginning and stuff like that. But player of the season, Ballon d'Or, you know, best forwards, top goal scorer, those, those, those type of chats, everyone loves them. Uh, and it's, I think, an appropriate one for the third episode. So I actually did a lot of work this week. Like, I had, like, mm-hmm. how many games has, has, has this one played? How many goals has he scored? Uh, how many goals have led to wins, how many, you know, assists and, you know, stuff like that. Uh, and, like, I came down to, like, certain conclusions, right? Uh, football is not like basketball. In basketball, you can see uh, when you take out a player, how the player, how the team does. If you take out LeBron from the Lakers, you can see how the Lakers perform and you can judge, um, you know, his MVP-ness, if you, if you will, um, um, in that sense. And then, his uh, apply, yeah, his effect, basically. Um, and then see how, how how that impacts the team. I mean, you can sort of see that with with football as well, right? I mean, if you, you take out you take out Van Dijk and you take out Henderson from the teams, uh, oh, yeah. and you can see you can see how much Liverpool has has suffered. Um, you take out Thomas Partey. You take. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you take out you, you take out players like that, and and you and you can kind of see it, but it's still not. You know, those things are not enough for you to be a player player of the season. Player of the season is like a host of things. It's it's stats. It's the value that someone has on the team. It's the the wins versus the losses that the team has. Uh, it's and it's. I mean, it, obviously, if you're the winning team, you also have um, um, a better chance of winning. Right, so I did take in uh, all these things into consideration, and I pretty much bottled it down to like three big things. And this is how I've judged um, who my top five should be. I judged it first of all on fitness. 
I think that you know you can't be player of the season if you've played like twenty games, right? It's just not it's just not possible. It's not gonna work. And I also don't care who the people are gonna vote for uh, in the, in in the UK. Like this is just off like my thing, right? So I've judged it off fitness. I've judged it off contributions, so goals and assists, and uh, value to teams, and also just the impression that the player gives me. Right, because football is an impressionistic sport. Uh, we can't we can't lie. It's not like it's it's really not. Uh, this player has this many goals and they're the best player in the team. It's not always like that. Mason Mount only has ten goal contributions, but I can tell you, like he's somewhere in my list. So um, it's not very clear all the time. Uh, but with it's that being said, yeah. But with that being said, I will have some honorable mentions as well. And yeah, this is just basically to start a conversation, and you guys can uh, pick apart at it basically. Um, um, those of you who are listening and giving your thoughts, I think I'd be really interested to hear. So I have a top five. Um, I don't know. I think Nicholas has a top five as well, and Sobani has a top five as well. So I'm just going to go through it quickly. Um, some of the names I'm sure are going to be repeated. Other names won't. Um, and we're just, that's, that's basically what we're going to talk about. Right. So at number five, I actually have a goalkeeper. I have Emmy Martinez. Uh, he's played 30 games. So he's been fit for most of the season. I don't know the games that he's missed, but he's been fit for almost every game. He has 14 clean sheets, right? 14 clean sheets for, for a keeper who is not like in the top six is huge. Edison has 17 clean sheets, but then he has Ruben Diaz and John Stones and, and Rodri, right? It's just different. Emmy Martinez has performed. 14 clean sheets, a keeper of his caliber is unreal, right? At number four, I have Jao Cancelo. This is a little bit of a sentimental thing. I think Cancelo has been great on the, <laughs> on, on the right-hand side. I've actually left out Ruben Diaz. I've left out Ruben Diaz and I've, and I've opted for Cancelo just because I feel like uh, the way that City plays is almost built and designed for Jao Cancelo, right? City like to play with this fluidity where everyone kind of plays anywhere. You have Phil Foden sometimes playing up front, playing on the wing and stuff like that. Um, I think that Jao Cancelo is like a perfect representation of how City plays. Someone who is just completely fluid and is effective at all these different positions. He can play in midfield, he can play on the right, he can play at right back. I'm not sure, too sure about how his defensive acumen is like. Um, I'll, lie, I'll lie to you, but just I think in the middle part of the season when City was like really getting those points and making sure that they're kind of like title favorites, I think Jao Cancelo played like a really, really big role in that. So I've got Jao Cancelo in there. At number three, I have Mason Mount. Mason Mount has had two managers this season. Uh, he's impressed under both of them. I've been a big hater of Mason Mount. <laughs> most most people I'm actually, know. I'm actually surprised he's up there on your list. No, nah, he's up there. I, I've been a big hater of, Mason, of Mason Mount. Mm. But I think similar to the Cancelo argument, I think Mason Mount does make the system. He's had to play in a 4-2-3-1. He's had to play in a 3-4-3. He's had to play in a 3-3-5-2. And in all these different formations, he's really been like the workhorse and he's been the creative force of the team. So not creative in terms of like goals and assists or, or anything, but I think you've seen Chelsea assisting sometimes the me, yeah, mm-hmm. assisting the assister, for example, or, or just, just, just generally making it's sure possible. that the team keeps the ball and continues to go forward. He just has that kind of mentality. I've been a hater of him and we're going to have a whole conversation about him, um, but he's number three here. Number two is yeah, Bruno Fernandes. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Let me just finish my top five and then we can, we're going to go through all this. My number two is Bruno Fernandes. Uh, I was very, very, very close to putting him number one. I still think Bruno Fernandes is the best player in the league. If we were to go on his MVP-ness, his, his importance to the team, of course, the number one guy also is very important. 
But I just think that Manchester United has completely changed under Bruno Fernandes. It almost feels like nothing gets done without him. Under without Bruno him. Fernandes. Without him. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, almost, it, almost, it almost feels like nothing gets done in their attack without him. Um, I'll praise him on another time, but let's move on. Number one is Harry Kane. You just can't ignore it. He's played, uh, I, think, I think he has played less games. Harry Kane has 30 games. Okay, it's not too bad. Um, obviously, he has the honourable mention or the one of the big people that I've missed out is Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, and I think the, the big reason why I've left him out is because he has 24 games, which means he's missed like close to two months of football. Uh, granted, his numbers have still been good. Uh, I think five goals, 11 assists, and he's world class, right? You can't hate on that. Um, but uh, I think that there were some players in here. The players that I have in my top five, I think, all deserves like a top five mention. So yeah, that's my top five. What I was trying to add, Ramzan, was that Mount is actually the top goal scorer. What I wanted to add. No way. Is the Mount the top goal scorer? Under, under. Now he is. I think so. If I'm not mistaken. He only has he only has six goals. How is he the top goal scorer? He only has six goals. I, that says a lot team. about Chelsea. That says a lot about Chelsea. Maybe they spread out their goals. I don't know. But they no win, one so hey. No one has been outstanding at <laughs> all. Yeah, no one has been the top goal scorer. He's joint. He's joined with Tammy and, and Jorginho. So he is the top goal scorer. But I, I think under wow. Tutu, he scored the most goals. Ima- imagine Jorginho being under the top goal scorer. Ten. <laughs> it's simply penalty. So, yeah, you, know, you see, guys, I mean, this is a difficult conversation to have. Uh, for example, like I said, has 13 goals, right? Uh, Rashford has yeah. 10 goals. I mean, you'd start to say, okay, in terms of goal contributions, these guys are better than Mount. But Mount has been exceptional this season. He has to be. He has to be in that top five for me. Yeah, and, Ram- so, and, and Rashford has crazy assists. I think he has eight assists to go with those ten goals. Yes, eight, yes, so eight assists. Jeez, yeah, so go. Rashford. Rashford could actually be an honorable mention. But anyway, uh, yeah. Let, let, I, let me hear. Let me hear anything, you guys' top fives. Let me hear you guys' top fives, anything, and then I go. And then I can go through my honorable mentions. My top five in fifth spot. Um, I think I'll have. Song Hyun Ming. Um, okay. My number five is Son. His his stats are crazy, as you know. Uh, his his goal. He's he's had thirty one games. He has fourteen goals to go with his nine assists. So his goal contributions are crazy, and this is his best season. So I can't. It's hard to ignore. It's hard to ignore his numbers. So my in my fifth place, I think Son takes that spot. Um, fourth, I think I will add Emmy Martinez. I overlooked him before, but I think with Ramzan's point, uh, he's won me over. And I think maybe maybe because I'm a bitter guy, I I thought <laughs> I, I, was, I wasn't giving him credit. I wasn't yeah. giving him credit for his work. But I think no, uh, you've opened my eyes. You know, Martinez definitely makes my fourth spot. And now, as for my top three, uh, my third place, I had Gundogan. I think he's really stepped up in in the absence of De Bruyne with his injuries and he's gotten the important goals and as well as assists, but overall just his performances, he's really he's really leveled up. I think we've been waiting for this since he joined City and this is this has been him uh uh shining for City. So that's my third third yeah. And my top two is the same as Ramzan's. I think Bruno Fernandez for me uh it's hard to ignore. Yeah it's hard how to good ignore. he is. <laughs> how good he is, how big of an impact he has on United, 
and his numbers also back it up. So uh, all those factors make him my second, uh, make him second as well. And Harry Kane as well has to has to top my list. Uh, yeah, his numbers are exceptional. And I was telling these guys, this is Harry <laughs> Kane. He's carrying Spurs with, without Spurs without Kane's goals and assists are probably sitting down in fifteenth or fourteenth. Or, or maybe... True, teams. very true. He's that yeah. big of a player for them. He's that big of a player. Because he has 34 contributions. Yeah, he does. Game. That's crazy. Yeah, it's That's crazy. crazy. It's crazy. So, he just has to be the player of the year for me. That's my top five. Phil Foden is an honorable mention. Or maybe young player of the year. He tops it. So, for me, young... So, he's my honorable mention. There's Phil Foden. Mason Mount, of course. In... In terms of importance, I think Lacazette. Ah, but no, these guys will <laughs> not Lacazette, like not Lacazette, like but Harvey Barnes. Yeah. Not Lacazette, like but Harvey oh, Barnes for me. Barnes for me, he's even earned. He's even earned his call up with England. I think for me, Harvey Barnes will have to fill that spot of honourable mention. The last name I'll add is Thomas Suchek. Suchek yeah, to- yeah, has been impressive. <laughs> he's out there. He's had a hell of a season. Yeah, from guilty. Make it to the top five, but I think he's definitely up there. He's part of that revolution that Moyes is put is, is building there at West Ham, and he's, he's vital for them. And he's been there, fit, and he's scoring goals and he's protecting the back line. He's doing everything. So Suchek as well, another honorable mention. Over to Nicholas. Yeah. Um. Uh. You guys have made some very good points. I, I have to say that Martinez one is uh. I didn't have him in my list, but yeah. I but not, I will not add yeah. him just because I've heard it from you guys. Um, <laughs> my top five, just just go through it. On number five, I have Jack Grealish. Uh, I know that you know Ramzan will probably say, "Oh, he hasn't played that many games because well, he has uh, he, yeah, ha- he, he has he has spent." He has 22 yeah, he games. has 22 games. But then again, in a 38-game season, I don't know, he could still play six more to go to 28. So, But then for me, the reason why I think uh, he's been kind of like, you know, besides Martinez, if you do field player perspective, he has been pretty much the only reason why Villa tick, to be honest. As in, if you go to scoring seven goals against Liverpool at the beginning of the season, something which none of us could have ever imagined, something like Jack Grealish and his influence, signing a new contract, being the youth product, keeping Villa up last season to keeping them in a very prominent position in the league this season, for me, his contributions overall for the club and what he's done, Martinez has been brilliant, but for me, Jack Grealish has to be fifth on this list because for me, he just contributes so much to how how Villa having such a good season this year, to be honest with you guys. And I just generally like the way he plays, as in he is just like a throwback to, uh, you know, pretty much, you know, pretty much he's the Aiden Hazard today, the way he plays. Yeah. Yeah, so for me, you know, the contribution which he's had, Mm -hmm. more or less, not completely just on this season, but then on the the backdrop of last season and then what he's helped this season, that's why he has to be amongst the players of the season. And Villa are having a great, a great, yeah, a great season mean? for uh for a team that almost got relegated last year. Is he going to the Euros? For me, he has to. He has to. You know, people are saying it's between him and Madison, but for me, Grealish. Anyways. Hey, Jesse both. Lingard, put some Yo, respect on Jesse Lingard's name. <laughs> but then, then again, Southgate, whatever he wants, but that's an, that's a whole other topic. At fourth, at fourth, I have... 
I have uh-huh. Kai Gundogan. And the reason why I put him at fourth, not just because he served me so well in my FPL season, but then genuinely he is the most improved player of the season. And that improvement has been, has been crucial yeah. to City's success. He is Manchester City's top goal scorer in the Premier League. When you think about it, he scored 12 goals. Yeah. And the thing about him is, is that yeah. look at where he's scoring those goals from. He is coming in from deep. He has basically turned into Yaya Toure this season. And I feel like if I was really, if I, if I was really <laughs> biased, I would put him at first because honestly, he was unreal for the two months where he was. Ba- he was basically Europe's best player for two months. And it was devastating. It was completely devastating. How can somebody who's coming from midfield be that devastating and become a striker like that? So, you know, just that, he's the most improved. And because he's the most improved, City have reaped the benefits. So that's why he's fourth. At third, I'm afraid I'm going to have to go with, uh, with, with Harry Kane. And the reason why I say this is, I know Soaps is probably disagree the most, but then, yes, he has contributed. He has contributed <laughs> largely to Tottenham's success. But then for me, I also look at what that has done for Spurs. Somehow, those 21 goals and 13 assists have not propelled Tottenham to the top four of the table. And that's where I start to question that, you know, the the success of Kane is also down to Son. Hence why I feel like he wouldn't have so many assists if Son wasn't so efficient, if you know what I mean. But, you know, when you, t- when you look at his goal tally, then he's certainly a shoe-in for the Golden Boot. He's certainly a shoe-in for... He, I wouldn't be surprised if he won Player of the Year, but I feel like his success is dependent on Son's success, which is why I'm going to justify that a bit more with the two people I've picked above him. So in second, I have Bruno Fernandes. And this is why I kind of like, uh, the only reason why I go for him is, is that when it comes to player of the year, then you have to take into account, I already mentioned, you have to take into account the teams that they play for. So yes, Harry Kane is great, but so is Song Hoon Min. And of course, all the city players get to play together and, you know, all their brilliance makes sense for them. But Bruno is the sole difference between Manchester United being sixth place strugglers and them arguably being the second, <laughs> arguably being the second best, <laughs> and them being arguably the second best team in the league, and they are the second best team in the league only because of him. You take Harry Kane out of that, out of that Spurs side. Yes, they do drop even further down, but then you almost feel as though Son would probably, you know, keep him afloat to a certain extent. But then for me, you know, that's a that's a double act, the single act. There's nothing that. De- not, not, nothing, literally, he came to this team and he took it by the scruff of the neck and no one is doing that for him. He, like, Pogba needed, like, kind of some incentive to actually help him perform better. That's why Bruno's in the team. Now, all of a sudden, he's playing a bit better in patches. But then Bruno is literally, like, nothing. There's, there's no outside factor as to why, you know, he's, he's a good al- player. And, he, and he's always fit. Yes. He's, he's always, always fit. fit. Bruno, Bruno plays every single yes. game. He's always Yeah, fit. but as far as my f- number one spot is concerned... I go with Ruben Diaz. And this is why I was very peeved when I heard Ramazan put him, what, you didn't even put Ruben Diaz in your top five? No, he's not in my top five. The reason why <laughs> I pick Ruben, the reason why I put Ruben Diaz is obviously because of what City are about to achieve. They're about to win the league. And I think if you are to use the domino effect, that doesn't happen if Ruben Diaz isn't in the team. Last season, Jao Cancelo was poor. He was actually one of the flop of the seasons for me last season. But you could say that it was... You, you can yeah, say you was. can say that it was his first season, 
you know, first season drama. But then when you look at maybe like the Madrid effect, when when Real Madrid were winning three UCL titles in a row, Marcelo had carte blanche to go forward and score all those goals, get all those assists to help Madrid win those UCLs, only because Sergio Ramos was the man that was making that happen. So Ruben Diaz is why Jao Cancelo is performing very well, because of his presence inside the defense is a very common presence. Don't forget, Manchester City suffered in 2019-20, primarily because... Vincent Company was no longer at the club last season. And then you think about Ruben Diaz, you know, off the back of them conceding five goals against Leicester. You look at Ruben Diaz, he comes into the team, all of a sudden they're keeping clean sheets every week. All of a sudden, John Stones has become Beckenbauer. And then you, you, look, at how, <laughs> you look at how he's been anchoring the team. They literally went, they've only conceded 21 goals this season. And they're also the top scorers. In the league. So that means that them being so defensive, Ruben Diaz has not compromised on their scoring. And that's without Aguero up front. Gundogan is scoring. All of a sudden, he's brought so much stability to the defense that the attack is literally having like all these multiple sources of scoring. And then you just look at how, you know, his effect is similar to the Van Dyke effect. That was... Uh, which yeah, is which, which is how Liverpool won the title in 2019 solely, in my opinion. Van Dijk also won PFA yeah. Player of the Year, by the way. So if Ruben Diaz can be considered yeah. the yeah. best player in the Premier League this season, and if he wins the PFA Player of the Year award, that's what I call precedent. And that's why my list is like that. No, I Yo. love that, Nick. Yo. I love Yo. that. I overlooked it. I really, really overlooked As a defender, <laughs> I really, really overlooked it. But I, what you're saying yes. makes sense. Is, is he's the Van Dyke of this season? He's been yes. Van Dyke this season, and and Van Dyke got all the praise. Why is Diaz precedent from Zan? Precedent. Yo, you know what? Your your Ruben Diaz rant is literally the same as my <laughs> PSG rant. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> yo, it's a it's a really good point, and it's why I mean this award is just so difficult because it's it's not clear, right? I I always say like it really hey, isn't. Like Henderson won PFA last year, right? And it, to me, Henderson is not the best player. He's not the best player at Liverpool. No. But you can really argue that he is one of the most valuable players there. And and same goes for England. England might actually miss Jordan Henderson playing. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, it's the same. Defenders are so hard. It's so hard for defenders to win this award. But I think that Ruben Diaz, yeah, like, like with Van Dijk, like with Van Dijk, um, he he does have a shout. Um, just 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 uh, just as a last thing, um, for my honorable mentions, uh, some of some of the players here they really did not get into the top five because either games, uh, fitness, or their teams have let them down, or maybe they're suffering from success. Right. So Kevin De Bruyne is one of the guys who's probably suffering from success and hasn't played that many games because he has five goals and eleven assists. I mean, quality. Maybe if we're just looking at who's the best player in the Premier League, De Bruyne is obviously there. Mohamed Salah has 19 goals, guys. He has 19 goals and he's in none of our top fives. Like, that's incredible. Like, his team, his team, yeah, okay, his team has let, really let him down. There have yeah. been some games where even he hasn't played that well. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I think he's, I think the biggest thing for Salah is he's, so, he's, suff- he's suffering from success. You know, I remember him yes. scoring 32 goals and I still wasn't rating him. Like, I only rate Salah now yeah. because, <laughs> because, because of how long he's done it, you know? So, yeah, Salah, consistency. Yeah, Bamford is also an honorable mention. You can't, you can't yeah. not shout Lingard. Lingard has come in 10 games, 9 goals. It's incredible. Uh, Gundogan, you can't not Sorry. shout him out. Mm. He's, not, he's not in my top five, but you can't not shout him out. And then I have Diaz as well and Suchek. So, yeah, those are our top fives. Um, 
you know, discuss them, discuss them, talk about them, send us your own top fives or talk about your own top fives. Um, these things are supposed to be fun. And the good thing is there's no one clear answer to these things. So, yeah. I think we're going to go to the last segment now and then finish off. Okay. Um. Uh, as far as this last uh, segment is concerned, we just wanted to have a quick word on the proposed European Super League, which uh, everybody's been rambling on about. I'm just going to shed one thing about this situation, right? This is basically a situation whereby you know how we pick all the best teams whenever we're playing FIFA, right? And normally when you're playing tournaments with your friends, you end up picking the best clubs in the world all the way from the, basically the top six of the Premier League you look at Bayern and Borussia Dortmund, you look at Atletico Madrid, Barcelona, and Real Madrid, and you probably look at, I don't know, just PSG in the, in the French League, if that's the case. But um, literally, <laughs> literally, yes. literally, the situation, right? Yeah, Serie A, Juventus, and perhaps Inter Milan, I suppose. Since, uh, it's in, inter, yeah, and inter and AC, and I think, yeah, to an extent. So what I'm wondering is, is that, do you think that, the, the Premier League teams that want to do this, the top six teams, what would happen if this European Super League comes to fruition is them leaving the Premier League and going to this league for lucrative purposes? So I just want to hear whether you guys think that it's actually a good idea or whether you think they are out of their minds and they should probably not consider doing it. Because some people might love to see it. You know, it's just seeing the best teams playing against each other. And some people just may not. We already have Champions League. That's my take. There's already Champions League in which the top teams in each European league can go and compete and win some. And then there's the European yeah, League as well. But as they will that. argue that... So, like, the yeah. Super League... Uh, they will argue that the gap... You, you have Slavia Prague playing Arsenal. You have Dinamo Zagreb getting into the Champions League sometimes. These teams from these other European leagues are not as good as the teams from the top five leagues. To an extent, so they probably think that they that you know the the quality is not enough. Prague, but Slavia Prague, but Slavia Prague are the Czech champions. That's the best they have. Czech Republic have yeah. to offer. So why why can they not go to the biggest stage and try compete, uh, try compete and represent Czech Republic? There's no shit. There's nothing wrong with that. If they go there and they lose seven nil or they lose four nil to Arsenal, then that's okay. They'll try again next year. I don't see why. I feel like I don't know. It's very exclusive. I don't know why the, the China exclude certain teams and them leaving the individual leagues, I don't think would benefit anyone. I, I think it, it's, it's taking the fun out of it because I think, uh, okay, I, I suppose it would be more competitive and we'll probably have different winners each year of the Super League because you have Barcelona winning it, then you have Bayern winning it. Oh, sorry, Bayern aren't in it. Bayern rejected the offer, but like, you know, you have Arsenal winning it. <laughs> you, have, <laughs> you have City winning it, you know. But then that competition is already there. It's already existing in the present league. So I don't see the point of it. I really don't. I don't really. So I'm not for it. Because I, I still love to see uh, cert, certain teams in certain leagues as they are. As Premier League, for example. I still like to see uh, the race for the top four or the top six between, which, which is really heating up now. Competition is the. the Bar for competition, like competition now is is higher. You've got teams like West Ham fighting for top four. Arsenal have dropped to tenth. They're fighting. They're in the mid-table side now, arguably. 
So, like, I feel like maybe it makes sense for the smaller leagues, like League A and Bundesliga and Serie A, where you've got one, one do- dominant team and the, there's not much competition. And now they're trying to explore, uh, they're trying to reach higher heights. They're trying to compete more. Maybe that makes more sense. Like, if, they, if, they t- if you take out Atletico and Real Madrid and Barcelona, because I think those are the only three teams that have won the league for the past 20 plus years. Yeah, true. True or false? Yeah, yeah, true. Very true. Yeah. yeah. So if you, take those, if you take those out, maybe there's more competition in that sense. So I, I can understand both both sides, but I think... It's not <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, Ramzan? Yeah, I, I'm, so, so I, I think my question would be, um, do other sports have um, this sort of this sort of thing in play. I don't know if you guys are in a position to answer that. Um, I'm, we've only seen this, um, because we're recording this on Sunday, so we've only seen this a few hours ago. Um, but I'd like to know if other, if other sports have something like this and whether this is uh, sort of trying to replicate that. Uh, in the past, we've talked about things like uh, Premier League having like an all-star sort of competition and, and, and something like that. And it really does have to do with having like the elites playing the elites um, um, just to have, you know, it, to be another spectacle for the fans and for other fans to enjoy that um, and for them, obviously, to make a lot of money. Um, I don't think this is the way to do it. Um, just before we started recording, I was watching, I was watching, who's this, this right back, this former right back, is it, is it Gary Neville? Yeah, I was watching yes, him on Sky Sports. I was watching him on Sky Sports and he was saying how disgusted he is. He was, he was talking about um, football being the biggest sport in the world. Uh, having the chance to to relegate to relegate teams being really important. Um, he talked about why us why is Arsenal there instead of instead of Leicester, for example. Leicester's won the Premier League uh, recently, and they've been in the Champions League and all this and that. And he really made some good points uh, on a football heritage standpoint. Um, it really does make a lot of sense why why this shouldn't actually go ahead. But I do understand it as a spectacle. As a spectacle, you would want to see it. You would want to see the tournament setting that you're saying, Nicholas, uh, where all the best teams just play each other. I think that would be dope. Um, I think there should be a different way to do it. There should be a different way to do it. Other players have also complained. Uh, sorry, I know this is now a bit of a rant. But other players have complained in the past how um, they're being overworked, right? During the, especially during the pandemic. Already. They're playing like three, three or four games. Uh, okay, three games maximum in a week. You know, Tony Cross said something about it and some other players in the Premier League, you know, said something about it. And these players do get really tired towards the end of the season. I don't know how incorporating this sort of competition for whatever financial gain you're going to get out of it, I don't see how it improves quality of football. Uh, so for, the, for those reasons, I also don't think that this is the way to go. And I heard UEFA, they're trying to put... Uh, they're trying to put a ban on it. A ban for, yeah. in, for national, like if, if they do join... And they can't represent the national teams, and, and I think if if that were, if it was to come down to that, then I think many players wouldn't be for it, because it, it I, means everything to most of these guys to represent their country. I think we have to see what's going to happen in the next in the next couple of weeks with it. I, I I honestly don't know enough about it. I know we're just commenting just because just because it, it came it came up and we we thought it was important, yeah, but wow. uh, I think I think we need to see what more is gonna is gonna come from it. Yeah, I, I think uh, no, we we will see it out, but then. It, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that develops because obviously one of the biggest problems in football is calendar. All-star game for football. When are, when can it be played? International tournaments always pop up. You know, yeah. that some for some it's the off-season. 
obviously some some players on big contracts you know to organize some players to actually show for some of that's very difficult usually that's why you have those retired games where you have Gerard 11 versus Carragher 11 or something like that so um yeah gen- genuinely I just want to make sure we actually got that topic out maybe we might actually have more develop uh, more developments on it later but uh no nah. Yeah, interesting to see. Yeah, but I think uh, just with that, we can actually close up on this. It's been great having you guys, as always. I'd like to thank the viewers, the listeners, who keep who, who are growing by day. They're growing by day. I, we all thank you guys. We're happy to see you listening to our podcast. Hopefully, you continue to grow and we can become a big, happy family. Yeah, I've been Subhanim Jawe alongside... Nicholas Cotopolo and Ramzan Komodo. You guys can say <laughs> goodbye. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>